You're listening to a Sales Culture Toddcast with Todd Cohen. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is Todd Cohen. I hope that you have enjoyed these first two modules on coaching, not telling, which is a online workshop designed to help us become better coaches, better communicators, and really, quite frankly, have much better conversations, more powerful conversations with people where we have the opportunity to influence and help educate and motivate people to do great things. Along with the introduction that we've done so far, we've also done module one where we covered coaching, not telling. Now I want to go to module two, which is called setting the stage for successful coaching. Timing, atmosphere, and location drive positive coaching outcomes. Suffice to say, this module is all about where you think you might like to do coaching, where you might think it's a great place and comfortable for the coachee. Remember, there's two players, the coach and the coachee, to receive coaching. So this module is all about identifying environments that are safe and secure, how to ask and pinpoint those questions and find out those folks that are open to coaching and perhaps those who are not, setting the best time, place, and environment to deliver coaching based on the message being delivered, and finally, a little bit on communication styles. Well, here we go, one of those wordy slides. Let me just take a few moments and read this out loud, and feel free to follow me along, or hey, you can always mute me and read it on your own, but here we go. Effective coaches always think about and plan for the best timing, atmosphere, and location for a successful coaching session. Coaching in an environment that is safe and secure for both the coach and the person being coached, the coach and the coachee, is paramount to having a successful session and outcome. I can't imagine anyone would like to be coached in an open atmosphere with many prying ears, especially if the message to, if the message to be delivered is a tough one. Embarrassing someone is a guaranteed way to make sure your message is not received. I remember when I was coached by the best, I was always asked before any coaching began if I was ready, willing, and ready and willing, excuse me, to accept and receive coaching. Additionally, a good coach acknowledges willingness and readiness as well. Conversely, a good coach knows when not to coach and looks to set the stage at another time. I have always favored taking someone to coffee or finding a nice place where we can both be relaxed. Now, that's my style. Going for a walk has also also worked for me. The trick is to avoid having the person being coached getting defensive, and the right location can keep everyone calm and in a good place to listen. Earlier I said something which continues to, to reverberate throughout this entire workshop. Every single conversation you have fulfills three bold purposes. Remember, every conversation is a selling moment, every conversation is a networking opportunity, and every conversation is a coaching occasion. Don't waste a single word. Now, obviously, it's that last bullet point that we're talking about here because we're talking about coaching, not telling. Well, let's be clear. Every conversation you have actually does three things. You're coaching, you're networking, and you're selling with every conversation. So the old question is, timing is everything, or is it? 
Well, there's no secret that timing a great coaching session is important. However, sometimes we don't always have the luxury of timing. We see something happening in the moment. It may be something really positive, or it may be something that you'd like to address. Either way, coaching isn't always planned, and we have to be okay with that. So, is coaching always planned? Absolutely not. In fact, some coaching, some of the greatest coaching I've ever received, has been as the result of my coach doing what's called a walk-around, or as I used to refer to my one wonderful sales manager's Lynn, a walking-around coach. She would see and identify things that she wanted to highlight. doesn't really matter what the objective was, whether it was something to improve or making a note of something being done really well, she was an outstanding walking around coach. So coaching isn't always planned. Now, when does coaching happen? Well, it happens everywhere. It can happen anytime. And frankly, as I said a moment ago, you can be a walking around coach. You can be a coach who has planned a conversation. Either one of those two things is perfectly acceptable. It's how you, as a mature business leader, choose your time and place, and you'll understand that when you do a good job of choosing time and place, the message will likely be received in a much more positive fashion. Where does coaching happen? Well, frankly, coaching can happen anywhere. Setting the scene, setting the stage, is really important, and we're going to talk about that more in just a few moments. So take this handout, if you would, and get ready to fill this in. So what is a highly effective opening line for a successful coaching moment or coaching session? Ready? Here it is. Would now be a good time to offer some coaching? would now be a good time to offer some coaching. And what's so great about this opening line is that you can do it in a walking around coaching moment or in a more planned session. And what's also good about this line is that it helps you set the stage and find a place to do your coaching because that is crucial to successful coaching. So asking somebody if now is a good time lets them give you a clue as to where they're at mentally, whether they're present, and whether they're truly ready to receive what you want to share with them. Really, what's the worst that could happen by asking somebody, is now a good time, would now be a good time, to offer some coaching? What's the worst that could happen? Well, somebody could look at you and say, listen, Todd, it really isn't. And you could say, I understand. What would be a good time? It's really sales 101. Scheduling a time that's agreeable to both parties so that you know both parties, in particular the person that you're coaching, will be present and ready. Here's what this means, and we really, really have to get this. The setting truly impacts the message being delivered. There's no question about it. The setting matters. You want to preserve people's identity, their self-esteem, and you definitely want to be in a place and set a time when people are present and ready to receive the message. So considering your location comes down to a couple of things. Is this a formal coaching session or is it informal? And by formal, we mean perhaps you're delivering a review. Perhaps you are 
having to deliver some not such great news, or perhaps it's a wonderful opportunity to point out in a formal planned way, great activity and great behaviors. Remember, coaching isn't always negative. It's often positive because we want to make sure the people being coached are repeating that same behavior over and over again. If coaching is more informal, well, that may be the aforementioned walking around coach, or perhaps you're walking through the hallways, or you're in field travel, or something where something isn't planned, but you see an opportunity to highlight and make a point of an activity or a behavior that you really feel needs to be discussed. So coaching could be formal or informal. So you have to really decide based on the message that you have to deliver, how do you want it to be? Again, if it's something serious or it's behavior that maybe needs a little help or perhaps it's delivering the review, and I always believe delivering a performance review should be formal. You have to make a decision and that's your decision as a business leader, whether you want the setting to be formal or informal. So what are some possible settings? Well, office is always a good place, your office or their office. You know, being called into the boss's office is often and far too frequently connected with something negative is going to happen. Or perhaps you might walk over to your colleague's office your subordinate's office and do it there. Do a coaching session there. Also, where you're sitting in your office matters. You see, if you're doing the formal you on your side of the desk and the person being coached, the coachee on the other side of the desk, well, that has a very formal and almost negative tone to it. One of the things that I used to like to do as a coach is come around to the same side of the desk, pull a chair up, Maybe have a glass of water or put a beverage there. Have a relaxed physical presence that often reduced the tension in the room. It made the person being coached feel as if we were on an equal plane, which we were. That's what I wanted to convey. You see, I didn't want it to be superior to inferior. That wasn't going to help the message. What I wanted it to be was a message of respect. And you see, as a coach, we can absolutely deliver the message, be it positive, be it negative, or be it neutral, sitting next to somebody. It doesn't always have to be across the desk. The second location for your consideration would be a neutral setting, a lunchroom, perhaps after hours, maybe in the hallway of the building or the front lobby where there's a table. I have one client that they have a beautiful glass atrium when you walk into the front of their building and there are small work tables all around. I would often take people to those areas because it's open, it's comfortable, great light and people bask in sunlight, there's no question about it and it would definitely create a much more calm setting. Perhaps a community room at a time where if you're doing positive coaching, perhaps you're having an all-hands meeting. Who knows? You know, one of my favorites has always been going outside and taking a walk. Now, you have to be careful, and I had to be careful that when I used to say to people, hey, come on, let's go take a walk, people would go, uh-oh, Todd's going to be coaching me. Well, I also learned that I am a more comfortable person walking and talking in terms of being able to deliver the message in a way where both parties feel comfortable. 
And frankly, walking is good exercise. And going off-site, like a restaurant, for example. Now, you have to be very careful with this one because if it's a formal session that you feel a message needs a lot of attention and maybe it's something that is not going to be received well, well, doing it over a meal probably isn't the best idea. You may want to go back to the office setting or a neutral setting. The point, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Where you're doing your coaching, the setting is absolutely critical. It will say volumes. No, it'll scream volumes about the ability of the person that you're coaching and your ability to be present. So here's the exercise. What are five places in your place of work that coaching should happen? Hit pause, and when you're ready, start up again. But not until you have figured out five good places where you think that you will be able to deliver the right coaching message and where the person you're coaching you think will be in a great place to be present and receive coaching. Remember, you both have to be present and engaged, and location matters. Go ahead and have at it, and hit start when you're ready. Okay, now that we've talked about five places coaching should happen, well, I got ahead of myself a moment ago, but you can understand the next topic would be well, please pick five places where coaching shouldn't happen based on the scenario, based on the setting, based on the message you have to deliver, where shouldn't coaching happen? So again, like the previous exercise, take a few moments, hit pause, and start up again when you're ready. Ready, set, go. Five places coaching shouldn't happen in your place of work. Okay, welcome back. So, final exercise. Where will you coach? Take a few moments, hit the pause button, and write down your, in your place of work, or perhaps in a neutral setting, perhaps outside of work, pick five or at least three places where you would like to perfect delivering a powerful and effective coaching message. Hit pause, and when you're done, you know the drill. Just hit play and start right up, and I'll be right here waiting for you. Okay, now that you've done those three exercises, let's talk for a minute about communication styles. I happen to be a big fan of DISC, the DISC communication protocol and the DISC communication styles. Now, I'm not going to give you a lesson in DISC because that takes a licensed practitioner to do that. What I do want to talk about is when we refer to DISC, and those of you out there who have had DISC analysis done, you may in fact enjoy this. How does DISC style affect your coaching? How does the coachee's DISC style affect your coaching? How do we reconcile different DISC styles to achieve a great coaching outcome. Now let me say again, if you haven't had DISC analysis done, then you can actually fast forward a little bit to the next section. If you have had or been through DISC, stay tuned and we'll talk a little bit about 
how DISC, your DISC profile, might affect coaching. So the first thing is, which DISC styles are you? Hit pause, write them down, and we'll be right back. So, there are four DISC styles. Again, giant disclaimer, I'm not a DISC practitioner, but I believe DISC is a powerful communication style in terms of understanding how you communicate and how people will hear you. The first one is D for dominance. This person places emphasis on accomplishing results, the bottom line, and they're confident. Behavior, sees the big picture, can be blunt, accepts challenges, gets straight to the point. That's D for dominance. I for influence. This person places emphasis on influencing or persuading others, openness, and building relationships. Behaviors include showing enthusiasm. People that are a high I are optimistic. They like to collaborate, and they don't like being ignored. The third profile is S for steadiness. The person emphasizes emphasis on cooperation, sincerity, and dependability. They don't like to be rushed. They have a calm demeanor, a calm approach, supportive, and show a great sense of humility. And the final disc way is conscientiousness. That's a C. Person places emphasis on quality and accuracy, expertise and competency. They enjoy independence. They are objective in their reasoning. They want the details and they fear being wrong. What's so important about DISC profiles that if you've taken DISC or you've been through DISC and the people that you're coaching also understand their DISC profiles, then it makes it easier to understand how you would deliver coaching and even more so, it'll help you understand as a coach how people will hear your message. So, if you haven't had your DISC profile established, there are any number of wonderful DISC-based practitioners out there that can help you achieve this. If you have had your DISC profile established over time, this is a wonderful opportunity to use your understanding of your DISC profile to become an even more effective coach. There are other communication styles out there. Mark Murphy, who is the founder of Leadership IQ, actually has created four communication styles. And again, these will have a tremendous impact on how you as the coach and the person you're coaching, the coachee, will actually deliver and receive the message. The first is intuitive style. And I'll give you a moment to read this. Hit pause, and when you're done, just hit start, and I'll be right here. The next is analytical style. Hit pause, take a moment, read through this, make some notes, and hit start when you're ready. The next is functional style of communications. Pause, start when you're ready. And finally is the personal style. You see, these four communication styles 
are important because it's there's a high probability that we all fall into one or maybe a number of them. Knowing the personality style of the people that you're talking to will make a huge and profound difference in your ability to be an amazing coach. So the exercise is, what style are you? Take a moment, go back through this module, decide a few things. If you've had your disc analysis done, great, start there. If you haven't, go through the Mark Murphy Leadership IQ Behavior Styles, Communication Styles, and try to get a sense of what's your communication style and what's the communication style of the person you're coaching. You know what's so amazing is you're going to be an amazing coach when you can spend a little time understanding communication styles and then when you blend that with the setting, creating the right setting, formal or informal, watch what happens. You won't be somebody who's telling, you'll be somebody who is conveying a powerful message in a powerful way that honors conversational style and your style of communication. So final exercise, what did you take away so far and what will you do differently from module one and module two? Take a few minutes and write this down. And when you're done, guess what? You got it. We're almost ready to start with module three. I hope you're enjoying this series of modules on coaching, not telling. This interactive workshop on great coaching skills. So take a little time. You're welcome to review any of this right now. You have your worksheets in front of you. Discuss this among your peers. And when you're ready, start module three, which we'll introduce in just a few moments. To hear more exciting Toddcasts or to book Todd live for your event, please visit toddcohen.com slash book Todd. That's toddcohen.com slash book Todd or call 866-515-9445.